1550. This is Yellow Packaging, episode 50. Follow us on Instagram at yellowpackaging604. You can listen to us wherever and whenever you get your podcasts. And remember to rate us five stars only, please. You're listening to Yellow Packaging by Jesslyn and Colton. For two Asians born and raised in Vancouver, living our lives through the perspective of a growing minority. Our podcast is about nothing, about something, and about everything. We talk about issues going on in our lives, our city, and how that relates back to our place in a Western society. So sit back, listen up, and get a new view on what it's like. Get a new view on what it's like to live in Vancouver. To live in Vancouver. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome, welcome. This is episode 50, the big five zero. Never thought we'd make it. Never far. thought we'd make it. Oh. At the same time, it's like, how long have we been recording now? Like 10,000 years. It feels like 10,000 <laughs> years. So maybe we should have more episodes or be, or am I being too hard on myself? Uh, no, I think we're doing pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I think you're being too hard on yourself. Once a month, I think is pretty good, right? I mean, I don't know any other podcasts that do once a month, though, but, like, <laughs> we're, like, a different breed. Hey, this is, like, we're doing this out of our spare time. We're not, we don't have any sponsors yet. Not like, real ones, no just money. our fake ones. Yeah, totally. We make up. Yeah, and, um, so, as is the custom, I think, right, yeah. we have a special guest with us today, somebody who is very near and dear to my heart, one of my BFFs, uh, Sista from another Mista, uh, Hannah Lee, Hannah Lee Joshi. Hello. Welcome, Hannah. <laughs> Thank Welcome. you. I'm very excited and very nervous, so please yes. excuse me if I stutter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with being nervous or stuttering. It's just, you know, it's just the the way it is, right? The way our yeah. minds and bodies work, but I can't thank you enough for being open to doing this because yeah. I know you were very hesitant yeah. to do any kind of <laughs> podcast like interview like things so yeah but i'm really excited yeah do you ever get used to like hearing your own voice um no sometimes i'll have to play like the podcast at like a faster speed <gasps> oh yeah. shit really yeah. like double speed or 1. no 5? not like yeah 1.5 or 1.2 okay. like 1.5 can be really really fast <laughs> like, <laughs> i'm like not breathing anymore yeah. but like 1.2 is probably like a good place for me oh, is that okay. only because like why i'm just curious to know like why do you speed it up um just to i get think it over i started with? speeding it up um like a couple episodes i think there's like a drunk episode i was like i cannot listen to this like <laughs> as it was and then our like really heavy episode yeah. i speeded that one up yeah. and then i just started doing it, mm. Got it. Mm. yeah i've definitely gotten used to it because i have to edit these podcasts so it's i'm used to it now um but wait, I have a question for Hannah, and I wonder this because yeah. sometimes I think, well, I'll message Colton and be like, "Oh my God, we're so funny! Like yeah. that was so funny! Like, do you think we're funny, or is it because you know Colton that you, you and me that you think we're funny, or maybe you don't even think?" I don't it's know. Funny. I, I don't a question because <laughs> she's not going to be like, "No, I don't think you're funny," because that would just be awkward. But, no, she would tell the truth. But you got to be honest. Okay, Remember I, I do think. Truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We may shit talk you. On I the was next the episode. one who rated you guys. <laughs> yeah. You're, Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, No, I think you guys are funny, but it is biased because I do know you guys. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know. I don't know what the truth is. I think it is. Yes. Yes. We'll take it. We'll take it. It works. That's a (laughs) We are funny and we do have a point. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah, well, um, 
for those listeners who don't know, why don't you kind of give us, you know, like at this point in your life, I'd say like, what are four main things about who you are? Yeah, that's four like heavy, things. man. Yeah. I know, what the heck? Okay, five. <laughs> five? Yeah, let's do five. Or all the things. Or all the things, <laughs> cool. yeah. I don't know. Uh, like, what's your elevator pitch? Like, you know, you're in an elevator with somebody oh and you got to say who you are. No I pressure. That's like at an interview say... and they're like, tell us about yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I would say I'm an artist. Okay. I still have a hard time saying it out loud yeah. to people because yeah. I feel, I feel like most people feel like they're in disguise and not fully like living to your potential in a way okay um but yeah i'm getting used to saying artist that's great uh another one would be korean canadian okay um i was born in korea came to vancouver when i was in grade five Mm -hmm. and then been in bc ever since Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah so that's a huge part of my identity right um another one would be maybe nepal Mm -hmm. like i'm married to the previous yeah, uh, I guess. podcast. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Abby. Uh, Abhishek Joshi. Yes. And we've been together for 15 years. And I think we really like made up each other as we grew up together. Mm-hmm. So he's also a huge part of me. Cool. Um, I don't know. Two yeah. more? That's okay. Like, if you only, is... if three is good enough. I mean, I have, <laughs> I have questions already about that. But okay. I guess what I want to know is mm. in, re- in regards to the first one saying like you're only learning to embrace that out loud of being an artist what where does that come from like what do you mean by that i think it's like a imposter syndrome because there is no one way of being an artist yeah so nobody can say you're doing it wrong or you're doing it right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so a large percentage of me like thinks oh i'm not an actual artist right but i am an artist so i don't know it's just a feeling of uh, imposter syndrome right i think a lot of artists feel that way yeah do you guys feel that way oh i'm not well i'm not an artist so (laughs) i would say no i'm crafty yeah i like crafts well okay uh if somebody asks you like are you a podcaster I would say no. No? <laughs> yeah. I would say you yes. Are. Oh, you're right. So at the, on the playground the other day, someone asked for our Instagram or asked for my Instagram. I gave him yellow packaging. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, it's my podcast. We're going to be recording episode 50. Yeah. So then that was like my drop. But Got I don't it. normally say like mention the podcast. Yeah. It doesn't really come up though. Totally. I hear you. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's actually a really good question. Like, I think my immediate reaction was no, I'm not. Because I just feel like this, how we're set up and the way I record, it's like, it just seems so amateur compared to like the podcast that I listen to and their setup. So it's like, I feel like this is just playing make-believe almost. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> because, you know, you look up to like, I don't know, big artists yeah. and they seem to know their shit. Mm-hmm. They know how to work the system. And then here's me trying to figure shit out and yeah. just sort of like doing it on a whim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you've been doing it long enough now. So do you think you'll ever catch up to that that feeling that like, yes, I guess you are there right now. So feel, being able to say that out loud that I'm an artist, right? Yeah, like, I'm getting more comfortable. Yeah. And I think that also comes with like age and yeah. being able to like accept yourself. Yeah. So yeah. Like, figure out what your identity is, right? Yeah. I agree. Well, so you're an artist. What is your medium? Uh, I have a very like variety of medium. Mm-hmm. I do digital work. Yeah. Um, I work in gouache and pencil crayon. What's gouache? Gouache is a, a paint that 
is very matte. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got uh, it. Whereas like acrylic is a paint with very like glossy finish. Got it. Um, and then I do airbrush as well. And do you find yourself playing with different? Do you feel like as an artist, you feel pressure to constantly reinvent yourself? Yes, for sure. Yeah. But I do find that it's easy if I just ignore that <laughs> pressure <Yeah. laughs> because there's enough pressure on myself by myself. Yeah. So like outside, you know, pressure, forget about it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's an advice I would give to an artist as well, like yeah. emerging artists. Interesting. Do you feel like, like as an artist, um, you get bored of doing the same thing? Like, you know how it's like, the reason why I feel like some artists have to reinvent is because they get bored of doing the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. But do you feel like what you're doing right now is still keeping you like challenged and entertained at the same time? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think for me, doing experiments is a way for me to like get out of that boredom and yeah. also uh, a way to keep the pressure off of like, oh, this needs to be like amazing. Right. Because like, as I'm learning, I just have to learn. Mm-hmm. I don't have to like produce an amazing piece. Right. Um, so yeah, I guess. <laughs> so you live, obviously you live with your husband, yeah. Abby, but you guys met in school. Yeah. Right. Are you finding that you guys are inspiring each other's work or is there an element where you guys are working together? You guys have an Instagram handle for you guys do collaborate. Yeah. Uh, it's called Wizard Lizard. And we, yeah, we collaborate on projects Uh, certain projects but I think like I said as we grew up together we spent our 20s together and like our 30s together and we really shaped each other Mm -hmm. in like artistic ways and personally so yeah yeah that's cool I can't I can't remember what the actual question was was just like inspiring each other working collaboratively yeah. I also don't remember the entirety that of was, that. That <laughs> was. Okay, good. I, like, I feel like I said more, but no, yeah. that might be it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that hard to be, like, working with your partner and then living with your partner as well? And plus, like, you know, traditional Vancouver spaces aren't big. Yeah. So yeah. now you're, like, confines to, like, four walls yeah. forever. We live in a loft and we sleep in the closet, literally. So, yeah. It does get a little challenging, but I do, I I actually don't mind spending so much time with my husband. I don't know. He's my best friend. It's it's really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Gag. (laughs) The best. It really is. Yeah. But anyways, it's okay. Single people have other things they like too. Yeah, exactly. Don't you like your pets? Like being the third wheel. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I'm embracing my singledom. So how would you so, describe, because there's a certain, um, I guess, flow yes. and rhythm to your art. How would you describe it? Because I always think of it like a very voluptuous, sexy woman who plays the piano, I think, because she's got super long hands all the, or fingers. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. There's I, a certain, like, style feminine, of that yeah. feminine, yeah, yeah, look. I think, like, they call it figurative art in, like, art history terms. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. I really enjoy playing with, like, proportion of women. I think, in part, a lot of the women that I draw is, like, uh, 
myself yeah. in a way or who I want to be and who I want to be is like strong ass woman right, right, right. <laughs> that's why I kind of draw my woman in that way yeah yeah so these female these female figures that you draw do they represent like okay like we're just constantly looking around my place now because I have a few of your pieces so I'm like <laughs> constantly looking and trying to figure out how to describe but it's like do they also represent certain times or mental phases in your life like do they represent like anger or frustration or like certain times like certain times in in your life in general right like are they inspired by that or like where do you get your inspiration on how that shape is drawn yeah i would say it is uh period based like yeah. that piece over there that's yeah. black and white yeah no the viewer the <laughs> listener can't yeah. see yeah. it but um that was when so she has her hands in her yeah. Oh, she has her face in her hands. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and it's black and white. Yes. And it's done with graphite. Okay. And yeah, that was during when I was like really, really depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and I was trying to capture that feeling of like sadness. Right. Um, and then some of the newer ones yeah. are trying to capture the joy that I feel or the freedom mm. that I, I crave. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very personal and almost like autobiographical in a sense right like yeah looking like these this is a part of you or like document documenting a certain um phase in your life almost right yeah it's like yeah. a self-portrait of like my emotions <laughs> so do you find some like this piece where you're super upset or depressed and another one i don't know uh, maybe one that's more colorful. Do you look back at it like you would say a photo album? You're like, oh, this is a time of my life when that bitch was did did, and then there's <laughs> yeah. another one's like, oh, this is where I celebrated this moment. Are you looking at your portrait or your art that way? Like a diary? Yeah, yeah. a little bit. I know which phase it was when I was creating certain ones. Yeah. So it's nice to look back and be like, oh yeah, I was going through that during that time, or yeah, yeah. Totally. Do you have like um, one that really stands out to you that when you think about it, it whatever stirs up emotions like you're in that moment? Do you have a favorite one? Like some people have oh. favorite kids. <laughs> Do you? Have, no. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, uh, no, I, I have to say like I don't have a favorite for sure. Um I just look fondly on them, but I don't have a favorite. Okay. Yeah. I'm so motherly. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I like, love them all equally. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if you like, if you view it as like an evolution or like a diary, right? It's like when you look back at your old entries, are there favorite entries? Like have, have any of you ever had diaries? Well, yeah, I've had diaries. I remember maybe not favorites, but ones that really stood out. Yeah. They're stupid. Like some of them are just so dumb, but like I just thinking of one right now it's like no one gave me balloons on my 16th birthday in high school and I gave everyone balloons on their birthday and I didn't even get any so that one I wrote about 27 pages of just that so but it obviously had some kind of impact on you right it did but then you know they made it up later but still I didn't write about that it was just like that moment yeah do you have trauma about balloons (laughs) yeah I hate that (laughs) uh no no, I like him still. <laughs> yeah. But it must be really interesting, though, to see, like, the evolution of your art as well, like, evolve, like, from where you first started to, like, today. It's, like, I'm sure you, you've seen, like, progression in terms of, like, the style or 
the material or whatever yeah using. exactly yeah like, there must have been something like that right and Where, also like skill set yeah, yeah like oh yeah i actually uh can draw better hands or like i can shade it better yeah so that's kind of nice to see progression in that way totally yeah did you know you were always gonna go into art yeah that's a good question yeah um i was thinking about this so uh when i was really young I always drew. My mom kept all of my drawings. And uh, when I immigrated to Canada, um, I couldn't speak English. I I knew like the alphabet. I knew hello, bye, but that's about it. And I think that experience definitely made myself like immersed in like art because that's the only way to like communicate. And also like, I just remember like, me drawing so much like Pokemon and like Sailor Moon <laughs> yeah. because like that's what the kids were into and I remember just like people coming by because I did that. Yeah. So that was one way for me to like sort of connect with peers yeah. that I couldn't like communicate with. Okay, mm-hmm. just backing up. Did you guys know each other in grade five? Yeah. yeah. That's just, so were you like, hey, can you draw a tuxedo mask <laughs> with no shirt on? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's like, do you not draw naked guys by any chance? So I'm looking for a tuxedo mask, but naked. But and but he has a mask. Yeah, on. But keep the mask on and the hat. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, I, it's funny that you say that. Like, I mean, me and Hannah talk about this all the time. But I remember when, like, I vividly remember her first day at school and me seeing her and looking at her like, who is she? Who that girl? Yeah, because she was literally sitting like. I, it probably wasn't like a fun time for you, but I remember you sitting there, just sitting in the seat looking down. And I remember I, I was like sitting beside you, maybe like like six feet away. And just I turned to my left and looked at you. And then like, I just still remember that visual image. You had like a like a boy cut, like a bull cut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's weird how like those kind of things just sear into your memory. But that's something like I'll never forget. So do you remember him looking at you and your bull cut? I don't, I don't think she even noticed me looking. I that part, yeah. but I do remember him at the playground because he was one of the few Asian kids. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, an yeah. Asian person. <laughs> but it's weird, right? Because like from my perspective, I never really looked at myself that way, right? As like an Asian person, like a rare Asian person, right? And like a oh, white, yeah. like a minority, right? Yeah. But flip the perspective from Hannah where she like, She's yeah. from... Korea. Yeah, exactly. Just migrated here. So it's really interesting to hear that because I didn't really think about it from that perspective either, right? Yeah. It was there was only two Asian kids yeah. around our age group at least. Yeah. And then yeah, a lot more came on afterwards. But yeah. I just remember just being so happy, like, oh my god, there's Asian kids. <laughs> and then realizing like, oh fuck, they only speak English. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, that's no help. <laughs> yeah, but I mean considering like where you started to where you are now. I mean, you've assimilated quite successfully, <laughs> I'd say. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, it was definitely not a fun experience being like dropped into like Canada with like very minimal English mm-hmm. and then just like figuring it out as we went on. Yeah. <laughs> was there ESL then? Like, did you have to take like classes? There was ESL, but it was somehow like connected with like the special ed. Oh. lady like there was another uh kid who was in a a wheelchair mm-hmm. and uh yeah i was like taught with her so she couldn't really give me too much attention mm, yeah and i remember there was like one time when 
I just like snapped. Yeah. I was so frustrated because I was like trying to explain my name. Yeah. In Korea, it's like the last name is in the front. Yeah. And then my name is actually Hanna. Yeah. So middle name would be Han. Han. Yeah. Last name would be yeah. Na. But just explaining that oh, to her yeah. was so frustrating because of course she doesn't understand. Like there's like, you know, first name, middle name, and then last, last name, name here. Yeah. And yeah, I snapped and I just like burst out crying. Yeah. And she just didn't know what to do because she couldn't communicate anything. Yeah. <laughs> but now I can look back on it and say like, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Would you say you learn more of your English or most of your English then from like Canadian television then? Yeah. Or television? Yeah. Oh, really? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So it was television that taught you English more than I Pokemon? So. Pokemon. And Sailor Moon. <laughs> Sailor Moon. I watched a lot of like Sesame Street. So yeah. <laughs> because that was like the level I was at. Yeah. Uh, you hear then, that a lot though, like. Um, you know, second, first generation, they move here. And even as adults mm-hmm. are watching Sesame Street to learn English. Yeah. yeah. It, it was really hard. useful. <laughs> kind of speaking about, like, your kind of childhood life and stuff, um, and you deciding, okay, like, the artist is the route that you're kind of destined to, to live into, in a sense, right? Was there pushback? Like, I know for, like, for me, at least growing up, like, it was always, like, lawyer, doctor, like, accountant yeah. all that shit right like did your parents have that pressure on you to be like you're gonna be an artist like you're not gonna make any money off of that like was there ever that kind of expectation that you should not be an artist no i think first i think they knew like oh she doesn't have the smarts to do anything else <laughs> <laughs> really I, I don't know or and uh two i think they really did expect me to become just a housewife that's crazy. Um, is that like a Korean tradition? Is that a Korean norm then? Uh, no. I mean, right now it's definitely it's not, not like the norm. Back then then. But yeah, you know, my parents are quite traditional. And I think when they... I have a theory about like people who immigrate mm-hmm. and they're super traditional is because they're trying to hold on to that like right. face yeah whereas the people back home are their progression is normal so they progress normally yeah but the people who immigrate here they just hold on to that tradition thinking like that's how it was back home yeah mm-hmm. um so yeah my parents were very very traditional and i honestly don't think they thought i was gonna like pursue <laughs> this much yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just become a housewife Totally. So yeah. you grew up with siblings as well. Yeah, I have two older brothers. Did they um, move to Canada with you? Yeah, as well. Yeah. And are they doctors and attorneys? <laughs> and no. Accountants? Uh, one is an uh, engineer, and the other one is also an engineer, but in hospital. Okay, so yeah. you get one. Yeah, exactly. Just need one to do something, and then everyone else. Two out of three do. ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jess. Did you have that kind of expectation, like? I know in East Asian cultures, it's definitely more dominant, but in like the more like uh, Islander, Pacific Islander kind of. I think there there is that, but the, I don't think there's that strong pressure, like the tiger mom kind of right. uh, perspective. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe my parents, like maybe Hannah's are like, oh, I don't know if she's going to do anything. <laughs> like I've had tutors like my whole life and I was still like not on the honor roll. <laughs> kind of like, oh, whatever she wants to do. Yeah. But did, yeah. But did your parents want you to marry rich? Oh, no, I don't think so. 
Yeah. There's nothing. Like, we weren't even allowed to have boyfriends till we were 30s, they said. So yeah. I don't know how marriage would have worked out in that setting. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's crazy. It's just, like, how different cultural norms can have on, like, the impacts they can have on, like, your perspectives as well. Like, I know for sure, personally, it's, like, if if my mom were more easygoing in regards to, like, my, my educational choices and my career choices, I think I definitely would have gone to, like, a more creative school. But instead, I had to, like, kind of lie to her about it. Like, I dropped out of university to go to BCIT. Only The only reason I went to BCIT was because I felt like it was, like, an easy way for me to kind of learn something outside of the expectations of, like, you know, politics or uh, engineer, lawyer, all that kind yeah. of stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, but, I'm yeah, it's just interesting how, I, at least in East Asian cultures, it's, like, you kind of have to skirt around certain things or find little loopholes to get what you want without disappointing your parents. White I think lies. That's the thing. Yeah, white lies. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm studying. Yeah. We ain't gotta go to the campus to study. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're not studying. <laughs> totally. I hear you. Um, okay, so one other question that I have as well is, um, okay, so growing up in... A Korean family, you are first generation, your parents are immigrants. Was there any expectations then, like, between having to marry a Korean person? Because I know that's a very, very strong expectation. Yeah, I, they definitely thought I was going to marry a <laughs> Korean person. Yeah. And my brothers both married a Korean ladies. Yeah. And, yeah, there was quite a bit of a pushback when I started dating Abby. Yeah. And then it took... Yeah, 10 years for me to, not 10 years in total, maybe I would say like seven or, yeah, six years yeah. for me to convince my parents, like, yeah, he, I'm not going to break up with him. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm going yeah, to marry him. <laughs> but I'm glad that you, like, you persevered, right? I mean, it's an uphill battle, but once you get to the top, I feel like it's very rewarding in a sense, because you kind of proved your parents wrong. And I think by doing that, you open their perspective to new possibilities, you know what I mean? Even though, like, of course, you're the youngest and stuff, but I feel like I think they that battle needed to be had in order for them to understand that just because. So were they verbally like opposed it? Oh yeah, they'd be they like nah. disowned me for about a year. Whoa! Uh, when I first told them, and then a year after that, I my parents were living in Saskatchewan, so every year I would meet up with them and I would have the same conversation, and then it would just end in me in tears and yeah. then my parents saying like no it's not gonna happen and then i think when i hit 30 was when my parents were just like forget it yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna start smoking in front of them <laughs> <laughs> i really it's think they were now. like uh it, she's an old maid now so let's just <laughs> that <laughs> so is crazy just marry her off. <laughs> just like whatever she wants to yeah. yeah. i'm gonna marry this old hag <laughs> I never really could understand that because, like, like, it's the whole expectation from, like, immigrant parents to marry the same race as you. Like, where does that even stem from? You know what I mean? It's like, and why is there that expectation? Like, like I know some people, some parents who expect, like, if their child moves here that they need to marry, like, a white person to assimilate to, like, the Western yeah, culture. You know what I mean? Yeah, or you made it if you land yourself a white man. Yeah, 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 exactly. But it's just weird how parents place these kind of racial expectations on your love life or your 
your significant other you know what i mean it's like at the end of the day you're the one who's gonna have to live with this person not them so what's it all for like is it for like face value is it for reputation is it to preserve some kind of bloodline like i think it okay maybe from like a caucasian standpoint it's like keep the whites let's keep this bloodline going yeah pure yeah um i don't know i don't think in like Filipinos, maybe mm. it's not that strong. No. Well, so we've been colonized so many times. It's yeah. just like, who's next? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, what it will be? Well, I don't know. But totally. like, I dated someone whose mom was like not for like inter- interracial dating and like told me. That is just crazy. It is crazy because you're like in your 20s and you're like, say what now? Yeah. This is fucked up. Totally. Especially like if you are an immigrant parent, bring your child to a new country with new cultures it's like but you don't expect them to assimilate or at least like be be part of the culture connect yeah to, connect with the culture yeah exactly yeah i really think it is like saving face at least for my parents i think they wanted to tell like the relatives like oh she has a korean boyfriend even when we're here <laughs> but that's the thing it's like what face are you saving like like why is it so important why is it no what's so important but, like why is it disgraceful or shameful or embarrassing to have a child or yourself date it a non-Korean. It's the bloodline too. Is this, so is that what it is? Is like, that what it stems from? Yeah, you're just keeping so. it in the family. Yeah. Keeping it going. <laughs> keeping it in the family. Not in that sense. Keep it in our racial identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> not family. You know what I mean. Right? For sure. Okay. Yeah. Gross. God, that's Anyways. disgusting. Yes. Okay, well, anyways, that... Moving on, I, just, I was just curious to know about that because, of course, like those kinds of expectations with parents and immigrants and just dating and all that stuff, it, it plays a huge part. Like, I feel like somebody told me one day that eventually in the future, like we're all just going to be one color because yeah, everybody's going to be like, yeah, beige. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You must have different pressures now, though. It's like, oh, when are you guys going to get a house? How about the kids? Yeah. So, like those are different pressures now and you're just like shut are your parents still in saskatchewan no they're in vancouver okay yeah. and you're gonna hear that more <laughs> yeah i definitely hear it more i feel the pressure because like the clock is ticking as yeah. people say um but yeah i'm just trying not they have to have it wrong it. about the clock by the way <laughs> i'm not surprised <laughs> so that was something from like i think the 60s yeah to like have people procreate sooner so be 50 girl no i'm kidding no i did meet like a 60 year old who was pregnant whoa at indigo That's whoa crazy. she told me Amazing. i was gonna see her in the news whoa, whoa this is too crazy wait but did you approach her and be like hey you're pregnant no you're too she old was talking pregnant. to me about my pregnancy and then she's like i'm pregnant too and i was like what <laughs> but you're so old <laughs> no i didn't say that but yeah it it happened naturally so <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I feel like we covered a bit about who you are and, you know, your life, what you do, and (laughs) your parents and and all that stuff. Um, Why don't we go over, like, uh, a topic? Sure. Let's do a topic. Yeah. So I I know you had mentioned there was a topic that you'd want to go over. I think we'll keep go over one just to keep it Yeah, it's not like... You know, it's just so depressing these days, yeah. everything that's out there. Yeah, I agree. Like, honestly, like, this week, like, I remember, I can't remember it was yesterday the day before, I was just, like, on Instagram, just looking at everything, and I was like, if it wasn't about, like, 
the Israeli-Palestinian war. It was about the old growth forest being like logged, and then yeah. if it wasn't about that, it's about climate change. And if it wasn't about that, it was like about those detained children that are still yeah. detained in the states. Yeah, oh, and if it wasn't God. about that, it was like the new uh, the anti-abortion laws that were recently implemented. Ugh. And if it wasn't about that, it's the new gun control laws that Texas got done, and it just felt like even though like we're we're in a good place with the pandemic and everything i feel like it's just things aren't getting better they're getting worse yeah. you know what i mean so i feel like also like lessening down the restrictions i feel like it's happening too soon yeah that's my other thing but do you think the phase okay let's, like, me... let's not get too crazy oh yeah no we won't go there but no. i'm just saying do you think the phased approach is a good idea yes or no the four there's a there's a four the four phase approach will be like it's May, June, July, yeah. and September. I right? think it's too soon to say that these dates, but she said she's going to reevaluate any yeah. dates when they come. I'm glad that she didn't just like open all the restrictions or get rid of all the restrictions right away. Like, yeah. I think I'm glad that it's a phased approach, and I'm glad that she did kind of say like, if you fuck it up, it's going to happen. Yeah. Like we're going to shut it down, right? Yeah. So I do agree with you. I share some kind of concern with like, what will happen once we start? Once we get to like say September, like. Are we going to see another spike? Is there going to be like a third wave? Like, that's the scary part, but I don't know. Yeah, well, it's definitely coming too fast, I think. Uh, I think they should maybe wait for the second dose. Yeah. And, and then to like, yeah. sort of like phase it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, who knows though? She did say like she's going to play by ear. So yeah. hopefully it'll be pushed back a little bit. Totally. Yeah. That's like the hot topic. Then the next one's like, oh, are you vaccinated? Did you get booked yet? When are you going to get booked? Yeah. Um, you know, there's pop-up sh- there's pop-up ones you can just go to. Pharmacies do it too. It's like, oh, God. And then the second dose is another thing. That's like another hot topic as well. Like, I don't think it'll ever not be a hot topic until it's completely taken care of. And like, and the, the severity of it is less into something like the flu. But at the same time, let's just be grateful that we're all healthy. Yeah. yeah. And that... We haven't lost our jobs. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we're both, we're all in good places. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. Totally. Anyways, that was our, what, like five minutes of depression <laughs> talk no, right I there. so much more on that list, <laughs> yeah. but I'll pull the plug right there. 100%. Okay. This is kind of, it's kind of depressing, but not. I think this is good, like maybe discussion. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, this woman named Shelly okay. Fralick. So she's a for, uh, former Vancouver Sun columnist, but she's a regular writer for a seniors column in the Vancouver Sun. And she's a white woman who grew up in Vancouver, like in its heyday, I guess, 60s, 70s. So in this um, editorial op, she talks about how great it was back then. Kids could be out. They mm-hmm. could have fun. You could write the trolley downtown. It was just basically rose-colored glasses of how wonderful Vancouver was. Right. And, um... This was 60s and 70s, So, 60s, 70s, and then, you know, things have changed going into the 80s. So, 70s really opened the door for things to happen in the 80s. Okay. Like, uh, what happened in the 70s is, like, the Venducin Gardens. Okay. Um, the UBC Anthropology, those, like, great museums we have now. 
And um, do you guys know who Sean Orr is? I think I've talked to him a few times. I'll no. put him as a sweet. Uh, he writes a column called Tea and Two Slices uh, for Scout Magazine. Okay. So anyways, he says this about this article. He's like, if OK Boomer was boiled down to one nauseating newspaper article, this is her article, Shelley Frolic, Vancouver 17, now merely a mess choking itself to death. Yes, let's have a white senior reminisce about Vancouver's golden age and explain how we're getting it all wrong. Right. And then he explains the colonial institutions were unchallenged. There's a bunch of uppity POC calling for the police to be defunded back when you could bulldoze an entire neighborhood. Right. And then she goes and calls these neighborhoods that we can now we will discuss, like Commercial Drive, Grungy. Wreck Beach, too woke for words. Gas down, dodgy. Stagnal Park, cars unwelcome. Chinatown, relocated. Downtown Vancouver, nothing to see here, nowhere to park. Punjab Market relocated, Mm -hmm. the park down the road, an overgrown swall of dog dung. Okay. Vancouver is where cars are treated as evil spawn of industrialization, where green spaces are surrendered to a spreading pox of homeless encampments. And it goes on. Okay. So how do you feel of her description? Like, especially growing up here, you know what you know of I don't even know if there's yeah. a golden age for us, yeah. but like of what it was into what it is today. Yeah. I think it's like, Hannah, why don't you go first? Or do you... Did you yeah. like go living in Surrey? Because you lived in Surrey. Yeah. Um, you would take the Sky Train to Vancouver or yeah. Metrotown. <laughs> <laughs> she was Where down on East Hastings. <laughs> That's where it's at. Yeah. Dodgy. Uh, well, I think she's definitely coming from a place of privilege yeah 100%. i mean to look i think it's easy for people to look back on your like childhood or whatever and have just the good memories there yeah, and just totally. being like they want to relive it but yeah it's impossible and it's I also think, dominated yeah. like every neighborhood totally yeah and i mean i imagine as a white person living in vancouver it's slightly easier than people of color yeah, yeah exactly so, you know everything was handed to her in a platter yeah exactly and i think it's very easy for her to say that but i think going forward it's not to say like some of those things she said about like gas town a little dodgy i'm like yeah i kind of agree with yeah, that yeah, part you live there so yeah. you can say that <laughs> but um yeah i think to just categorize those places as those yeah is very like it's scary yeah uh because it's easy to say that and then walk away from it yeah, yeah. she's not she really doing anything anymore yeah she, does, she isn't doing anything to like improve it and that's what's needed right now exactly to improve those neighborhood that she sort of like criticize yeah she should do something to actually make it better yeah exactly <laughs> i feel like gaston was always dodgy though it's like, always been like it's, it's never grungy. I mean, that's the charm of it. Yeah, isn't it? It's, exactly. It's the bricks and the lights. <laughs> yeah, and even roadway. I think she compared. Uh, she complained about that. Oh, God, <laughs> like, first world problems. Sometimes. I know. What are your thoughts on it, Jess? Um. Well, that's her perspective, and I bet it was really nice and wonderful for her. Yeah. Yeah, like her neighborhood wasn't bulldozed, and maybe she lived in kits, and it was lovely for yeah. her. Yeah. So I was reading too, like there hadn't been any co-op housing or any kind of social housing mm-hmm. in kids mm-hmm. since like the 80s, like yeah. early 80s. Oh. Yeah. So of course they get to enjoy totally. their life there that's rosy and wonderful. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. What are you going to say? I, 
I agree with like I agree with what everything both of you are saying. I don't disagree with her at all. Like I think what she said about all those neighborhoods is valid. What I do want to add though is when she lived in Vancouver in the seventies, Vancouver wasn't Vancouver as it is today. Like Vancouver is probably considered a major city now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was getting there when that happened. So one thing she'll see in another documentary that'll be a sweet. But um, when they bulldozed Hogan's Alley to build the viaduct, right? That was it. Was like early stages. It was like okay, I think it's the '40s. They had to tear down those houses and get rid of that neighborhood, and then they started like building the viaduct. And by the '60s, people were pissed. Like we don't want a highway in this. We've Mm -hmm. seen what it's done in Seattle or Philadelphia. This is what we don't want. Right. So then that was changing, and now you know how they say Vancouver is like this urban Mm -hmm. city planner's dream. Like this is what we want for every city. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't going to be that way until you had people protesting. Yeah. And those people fought for that. So that's why we don't have any highways in um, in Vancouver. But when that started, she was 70s writing for the Vancouver Sun already. Right. So she had maybe different um, pressures or mm-hmm. influences then. Yeah. So what was, what was I saying? Oh, just like how Vancouver wasn't. Oh, major. yeah. So it, it wasn't that. And it was just starting to grow as like a major city. Yeah. And then we had, you know, Expo 86. So everything was like really building up until that moment of right, landing right, right. us as like a major city. Yeah. I think this is. So she was there for that growth. Yeah, I agree. But I think when she was there, that was probably just the beginning of the growth, right? Like we didn't, she probably didn't really experience the true uptick of Vancouver becoming a major city until like now, I feel like. Vancouver now is actually considered like like a top place to live, move to, whatever. And I think what she's seeing right now is the evolution of how uh, a green kind of space that she lived in turns into a metropolis that, you know, is comparable to like other major cities in the world. Like this is the expectation, right? As a city evolves into, into like a major city, you're going to see all these kind of teardowns of old neighborhoods and recreations of new neighborhoods and... Um, like Chinatowns being turned into like hipster towns and all that stuff. Yeah, right? like, gentrification plus gentrification. Like, yeah, exactly. We have services that um, offer help yeah. and money for people who are homeless. Yeah, or, exactly. And I don't think other cities in Canada have mm-hmm. the same sort of subsidies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So of course they're here. Totally. Plus our weather is like more mild. Yeah, exactly. So they're going to ship the homeless here because it's more tolerable but it's like if you look at portland you look at la you look at san francisco i mean like seattle too yes yeah like they were all at the same point that vancouver was at at some point and they turned into what they are today and like the things that she's saying about vancouver can be applied to other cities i feel like oh totally like look at san francisco there's a huge cultural divide between like the the haves and the haves not oh i feel like we're getting into san francisco it's starting to smell like san francisco downtown (laughs) the other day (laughs) like yikes that better not be san francisco in the ground either but yeah so what she's saying is valid but i don't think it's necessarily like anybody's fault it's just that's how cities become major cities yeah it's like growing pains yeah exactly it's kind of pointless yeah, yeah, it's and, inevitable. Yeah, exactly. So I read the comments after, uh, like, other people had written. They have very white-sounding last names. Yeah. So I figured they're all, like, white people. Being like, yeah, Shelly. <laughs> Shelly gets it. Billy Joe. When are we going to go back? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was just those comments saying she was so right about everything, like, on oh. the ball. Yeah, I mean, she's not wrong. But I think there's no, there needs to more context in regards to what she's saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. You should read it. It's yeah. also very annoying. Well, I think that's a really great topic. topic. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. Um, 
we all had some really great points and i think we just need to learn to appreciate the city that we live in and not shit on it i like it though yeah even though there's shit all over your guys 100 yeah. <laughs> like, i don't know what it's from Quest- questionable whether it's dog or human but yeah. <laughs> but yeah no i still i'm like feel very lucky to live here yeah totally it's such um, a beautiful city, you know, especially during summertime. I just, like, fall in love with it again. I'm yeah. just like, oh, my gosh, I love Vancouver. <laughs> I agree. Last week, were you guys sitting at the beach, like, almost yeah. every day? We were at the beach on thir- on Friday. Yeah. yeah. Which one did you go? Which, which, third so, beach. Third beach. Yeah. Such a nice beach. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, speaking about loving Vancouver and stuff um, in traditional yellow packaging format. Yes. Should we move on to some sweets and maybe a sour if we have one? Yeah. Okay, um, Hannah, since you're a guest, why don't you go first if you have any sweet or sours? Yeah, I have a sweet. Um, it's a documentary on Netflix mm. called Amy Tan. Oh, uh, is she an author? Yeah, yes. she's Joy the Life author. Club. Yes. Yeah. And it's basically her life um, before she wrote the book. Right. Her relationship with her family, how that like uh, experience really shaped her yeah and then after the joy luck club which was such a big hit and she became sort of like a monolith for asian american yeah and how she had to like battle that right sort of expectation yeah that one person cannot you know yeah. appease yeah, yeah yeah um and it was really heartfelt and i mean yeah i mean as i was growing up that was like the one book where i was like oh wow like Asian representation. I don't know if I was reading enough books, but yeah, yeah it was it was one of those books for me. So it held a very special place, and it was a very touching documentary. Love it. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a. Do- this is on Netflix. Yeah, it just came out. It's just called Amy Tan. Amy Tan, I think, on something memoir. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember when Joy Luck Club came out. I was like, oh wow, I've never seen like an Asian author Asian yeah cast too. exactly totally which is really cool cool anything else nope that's it cool. <laughs> no sour okay great that's okay yeah i don't want a sour either well Cross you said mouth. you had a sour <laughs> so let's hear Why it was the, it was gonna be the toilet paper tape thing <laughs> okay let's hear but it already you know okay i bet everyone goes through this but you know when you start a new toilet paper roll fresh roll fresh roll you take it off it's like on that little glue thing and it two plies so it doesn't unravel all the way yeah. and then you get some of it and then some sticks on the roll and or then, then like, oh, it's pulling. uneven like you'll have one ply that's longer than the yeah, other yeah and then you keep pulling trying yeah. to get it even this is like the same experience with tape right it's like oh i'm gonna pull this tape and then ah, oh, some of it rips off or then oh and then it's like unraveling yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's never <laughs> fuck this tape yeah that's my sour it wasn't like vancouver specific no, but it but... happened to me in vancouver <laughs> there you so. go well, that is a sour, and I appreciate I'm you bringing it up. So I think upset. everybody can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, well, why don't you sweeten it up? Okay, sweet. Local sweet, North Vancouver, Maplewood Farms. Have you guys been? No. no. So this is a farm just like, you have to go over the second arrows and tie with one. Yeah. And it's, I think, the first exit, like dollar... Dollarton. Dollarton, yeah. yeah. So Maplewood Farms uh, is a farm that you can go to, and you can pet animals. Right there hang out with the goats yeah um and you just walk around and check them out oh, fun. oh that's so cool yeah there's like cows ducks peacocks you can pet the rabbit and the guinea pigs there hang out with the goats are they open you... now 
Yeah, so they just opened this week, so, or on Tuesday. So we went. Um, I'll show you pictures later. It's wow. so cute. And then, um, yeah, I just hang out there. I love it. So you can do like an hour. It's not very big, but it's kind of nice because you feel like you're far, far away. Yeah. Um, so that's Maplewood Farms. Love it. Okay, I have another suite. Yeah. So I was saying Sean Orr, um, uh, Scout Magazine, yeah. two, uh, Tea and Two Slices. Well, so what is Tea and Two Slices? So he just collects current events in the week yeah. and then he riffs on them. It okay. is kind of like opens your eyes to things. So that's where I saw the article yeah. about um, that Shelly girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it's like he's pissed. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he's so pissed you and he's ready it. to like yeah. flip the table. <laughs> yeah. But he like will link everything he's talking about he so he can up. Yeah. read up on it more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been doing it for years. He's very funny. Love it. Uh, another one is Girls 5 Eva. <laughs> oh my God. Have you guys seen it? I just... So you sent it to me, and yeah. then I just listened to a podcast yesterday with Tina Fey on it, and yes. she was talking about it. So. It's so funny. So oh. it's just like a spoof on, um, like, girl bands from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. and mm-hmm. then they reunite. So this is them. It's, like, eight episodes reuniting yeah. and creating something together. Whoa. Yeah, so. it's executive produced by Tina Fey. Yeah, um, Girls 5 Eva. On the podcast, she was saying that the band that inspired Girls 5 Eva was um, Danity Kane. I don't even know. I never even heard about them. But yeah, that's the band. Danity Kane. I'm going to write that down. So if you're curious to know, check that out. Okay, because I was huge on the girl groups. You guys too? Uh, Yeah, Spice Girls. Yes. (laughs) Again, then my last one is um, since I was doing a lot of spring cleaning, um, do you guys have those space saver bags? Is that the ones where like it's a vacuum? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Change your life. I use it for packing, like when I'm going away on trips, I use those. But then how do you repack your stuff if you don't have your vacuum So the way this, the ones that I got, you roll it and then it pushes the air out. So it's like a one-way valve. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) It's changed the way I pack. Yeah, no, I, it changes the way I store things. Like it's so crazy. I was like ready to give stuff away and I was like not ready. And I was like, I'm just going to put them in this bag (laughs) and hoard them longer. (laughs) Do you use a vacuum then to suck the air out? And it's Got just it. so satisfying for it to like all compress down to this like super hard brick. Amazing. It is so Yeah, amazing. those are awesome. I haven't I love had it. to throw out anything yet. Which brand do you use? Ziploc is the best. Ziploc? Okay. Because <laughs> I bought the IKEA one and I'm like, oh. Yeah, I have good. the IKEA one and they just eventually like blow up. Yeah. Oh. I was like, what the heck? That's bullshit. <laughs> I wish you told me because London Drugs had a sale. Ooh. And it was like 25% off or 30% off for okay. some of them. And it was a pretty good deal. Nice. So I'll tell you next time. <laughs> Wait, but you need a vacuum for it. Yeah. Really? But how, but my vacuum only has, my vacuum doesn't, oh yeah, that's right. Does yeah. it still <laughs> suck your oh, vacuum? Oh my vacuum blows. <laughs> okay. No wonder my place is so dusty. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so that's mine. Yeah, it's pretty fun these days. <laughs> yeah, uh, ziplocking things. Yeah. The new highlight. Yes. Yeah, Pandemic savers. highlight. No, it's awesome. Okay, so I don't have any sours, but I have a few sweets. Um, first things is uh, I recently discovered smart light bulbs. Oh. <laughs> so in my apartment, I have a smart light bulb right there, um, and it's connected to my Google Home and my phone. So it's one light bulb that can go multiple different colors. You control the brightness, the setting, the, the, the brightness, the warmth, the length um, all through my phone. And you, I can tell Google to like 
turn it off, turn it on, make it red, make it white, turn it off at like 1030. Love it. I want to change all my light bulbs to smart light bulbs now. It's the future. The yeah. funnest thing ever to be able to just like, like buy okay, one light Google, bulb. Yeah. Disco time. And you're like, dude, dude, dude. Exactly. And literally, <laughs> there's actually a mood. There's actually a one that's called party and it does do like the strobe light stuff. Yeah. So love it. Highly recommend it. Even if it's for just one lamp. It, it, yeah. I, I love tech stuff like that. It's amazing. Um, and you don't need to buy anything. All you do is just buy the light bulb and you just set it up through your phone. That's like the one up from like clap yeah, on, clap exactly. off. exactly. It's the evolution of that, essentially. Yeah. Except it does more than just turn on and turn off. Okay, the second suite that I have is this person that I've like fallen in love with on Instagram. His name is Shay George. He's a 19-year-old chef from Taiwan. He's a little young, don't you think? Yeah, I know, but... <laughs> I'm never going to do it, so it doesn't matter. You don't know that. <laughs> and anyways, he does, like, these really quick, like, cooking videos on, like, Chinese dishes. But he does it, like, I don't know, he just his personality, the stuff that he teaches, it's all, like, Chinese-inspired or, like, vegan-inspired. Yeah, he's actually getting, like, a lot of traction right now. Ooh, he has a cookbook combo. coming out. But, yeah, he's a really, his, I've cooked a few of his recipes because they're super easy. Um, highly recommend if you want to follow a chef. Um, yeah, really great personality as well. And the last thing... And his that I, eyes? What about his eyes, you said? <laughs> his beautiful eyes <laughs> that see into my soul. And the last thing that I had was just something I discovered on um, Instagram as well, because I spend a lot of time on Instagram now, um, is this this picture that somebody posted of a Mexican restaurant that is working out of... So a Mexican restaurant that rented a Chinese restaurant, essentially, right? Okay. So on their on the wall was a painting of pandas, like because it's Chinese, so pandas, of course. So what the Mexican restaurant did was they painted sombreros on the pandas and gave like uh, one of the pandas like chola braids. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, oh my um, super cute. And I was like, this cannot be real. But I was like, this is what a brilliant idea to like okay let's make it russian i know what to do throw some sombreros on them on the pandas and call it a day and it's mexican right painting a new painting so yeah i was like ah oh, this can't be right i'm sure this is just like a joke and so i read the comments and this is actual real restaurant in harrisonburg virginia and the name of the restaurant is called el sol um yeah so Cute. i was like i don't know there's something about that just really made my day just the the, the the unification of a Mexican culture with a Chinese culture. <laughs> I was like, this is beautiful. I love it. Nice. So anyways, yeah. I have one more. Yeah, yeah. let's hear it. Um, it's called A Black Lady Sketch Show. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, season two is about to come out. Yeah. So they're releasing a lot of like trailers. Yeah. It's so good. Great cast. Yeah, great, great, great little cast. sketches as well. Yeah, highly recommended. It's like the, the Canadian version Vaughn Baroness Vaughn sketch yes. show yeah exactly but it's on HBO Max I think right or yeah. It, yeah so that's the only downside is that if you don't have HBO you have to find a way to get HBO HBO <laughs> Max or somewhere else yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you where but you know cool okay well so that wraps up episode 50 um Hannah why don't you why don't you send us out yeah like oh, what? Sure. what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> here's the ukulele no but why don't you do some like where can people find you like what's your Instagram oh, okay uh, what you got going on right now yeah what you got going on right now okay Tell us where can we the... find your work like, yeah <laughs> okay my Instagram is Hannah Lee Joshi is it all one word yes it okay. is and uh, what's your yeah. website my website is hannahleejoshi.com okay <laughs> and 
what I have next? Yeah. I have a I have a feature on High Fructose magazine, which is coming out <gasps> in June. Lovely. I think it might be out in Indigo already. Okay. So please check that out. Amazing. Um, and then I have few projects in the works, mm-hmm. which I believe will be released in June or July. So. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled for that. <laughs> and you have a show going on in Hawaii right now too, right? Yes, I do. It's a uh, powwow. Mm-hmm. It's for powwow their tenth year, yeah. and it's happening in Bishop uh, Museum. Okay. So if you're in Hawaii, Hawaii. Yeah, <laughs> please go and check it out <laughs> for sure. And then you also have Wizard Lizard as well. Yes. So that's your husband and wife duo yes it is and how do you you find them on instagram or where can we find wizard lizard uh yeah you can find us on uh instagram and if you go to my website and go into store you'll go to the link for it yeah and then is the recent recording that you did is that okay. secret or it is actually secret okay. so i don't think i'm allowed to <laughs> okay it. so your album is just dropping when yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Rap> <laughs> <album>. <laughs> Korean rap album? Yes. That's fantastic. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Okay, I guess that wraps up wrap episode 50. That wraps up episode 50. Yeah, you're saying something else. And thank you so much, Hannah, for being our guest. Hannah, thank Thanks you. Thanks for having this me. This is a big accomplishment for you, so yeah. I just want to congratulate you on thank you. having the courage to do a podcast, even though our podcast isn't like amazingly we'll big. We'll see if I'll actually listen to it yeah. or maybe I'll take your Just, advice yeah. and listen to it on like 2x. <laughs> yeah, where you sound like chipmunks yeah. and don't breathe. But I will say you're trying to up your followers so you can get the swipe up option so if you don't know Hannah Lee Joshi on Instagram, <laughs> find her there. Make sure you follow her so that she can get that swipe up option. Um, for us, we are now over 200 followers on Instagram. Julia. Yeah, looking forward to getting our forever. Fisherman's Friend sponsors <laughs> and payments. Yeah, I need We're that. pretty much influencers right now, so yeah. Pretty much. Um, and on that note, why don't you sing us out, Jess? All right. Here we go. That was episode 50. We hope you really liked it. We had a guest. Her name was Hannah. She is so nice and very funny. Thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you later. Wish I wrote something that rhymed. That is episode 50. Lovely. <laughs> that worked. That worked. That worked. Right, hey, okay, okay. it's not easy to sing under pressure like that and come yeah, up freestyle. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, so yeah, as always, follow us on Instagram at yellowpackaging604. Rate and review us on iTunes. Five stars only, please. And you can listen to us wherever and whenever you get your podcast. And make sure you follow Hannah Lee Joshi on Instagram. H-A-N-N-A-L-E-E-J-O-S-H-I. And Wizard Lizard. No Wizard vowels, Lizard. right? Yeah. No vowels. <laughs> and yeah, until next time. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. Bye. <laughs>